Welcome, everyone, back to a special Draft 412 podcast this evening. As always, I'm joined by our editor-in-chief, John Toth, lovingly referred to here as JT, if you can imagine that. Uh, tonight, we have a very special guest, EJ Johnson. He is the founder and CEO of 3ICE. And if you don't know what that is uh, or haven't seen the league play, you are in for a treat. Uh, last year, I didn't know what it was either. And uh, I got a, uh, an invitation from a, a, one of our Penn season ticket holders. Uh, and we went down with about a dozen people. And we, sh we, we saw the Three Ice show at PPG Paints Arena. Um, and I wasn't sure what I was in for. And I got to be honest with you, I immediately fell in love with the league. You're going to love the speed. You're going to love the tempo. They have fun rules, uh, some really cool game innovations that you know maybe one day we'll see at the NHL level. Kids loved it. I'm telling you, you cannot look away from the game. It is so fast. But before I get into that, EJ, congrats on the enormity of your success and and welcome to Draft 412 Podcast. You are now officially on the clock. Welcome. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. And it's great. That intro is fantastic because it really proves our thesis that you don't necessarily have to know what we were or are and you go and you're hooked because it it is so fun and it is so electric. So that is that is perfect. I could have said it better myself. Yeah, I, I'm glad to hear you liked it because it's 100% true. Like, I did not know what to expect. It, it hit us, and someone said the word hockey, and I was like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> so I, it didn't matter what it was, and I went down there, and it was just so much fun. So with that, you know, why? I'll just throw this right back at you. Um, what precipitated the birth of the league? I know you're the CEO, but you're also the founder. Uh, where did the idea come from? Yeah, you know, and I'm also a fan of hockey. Um, sort of the, the origin story, if you will, Joe, is sitting at the rookie camp for the Pittsburgh Penguins and a few days before that, the New Jersey Devils. And they finish with three-on-three -three tournaments now. And these guys are trying to punch their ticket into the big training camp and eventually make the big team, obviously. And I'm sitting there with the scouting staff and Jimmy Rutherford and Billy Guerin and my dad, Craig Patrick, and I'm watching the game and I'm watching the crowd react and I'm sort of picking at the scouts and Billy Garen's, you know, what are you guys looking for? And the adjectives just leapt off the page. Creativity, speed, risk taking, rapport, hockey IQ, uh, quickness, you know, just grace of risk taking. And, and I was like, OK, and I'm listening and watching and watching the crowd and watching the game. And behind that, you've got one year under your belt of the NHL's three-on-three -three overtime session. It took me two sessions to get convinced. I was drinking the Kool-Aid after the first one. First time I saw it was a little weird, but then it was just incredible. I was hooked. You've also got in the background these other snackable leagues, which I'll use. you got the XFL and Big Three Basketball and Rugby Sevens and Formula E. And if you're not a cricket fan, around the rest of the world, which is a massive sport, <clears throat> a short-form version of cricket called the Indian Premier League, which is now just a massive, massive juggernaut. So all these successes along the way, plus the reaction that's happening. And I said, you know what? This is the best part of hockey. You could make an entire league dedicated to this with super quick water bugs zipping up and down the ice in a track meet, showcasing their speed, skill, tic-tac-toe passing. And it just clicked right then and there. I went home that night. I talked to my dad about it. I wrote a business model that took me about a month. I made sure I sort of poked holes in it myself. Then I took a year and I took it to every constituency that would touch this. Players, coaches, executives at other sports leagues, television network executives, ad agencies, agents, you name it, to make sure I wasn't imagining things. And after about a year, I knew I poked enough holes in it. I had something special here. And to exactly your point, 
I knew that once you came to the building to see what we are, you say, this is unbelievable. Hey, friend. Hey, family member. You got to come next time this is in town. We got to follow this on social. It's that fun. And so that's kind of the long-winded story of the origin story and the, the thinking and uh, and the result. And again, your intro is fantastic. It's music to my ears. Well, great. Well, let me pass this over to JT then. I, I know he's got he's uh, itching to throw some questions at you. Yeah, EJ, um, explain to our viewers who don't know what three ice is, um, how the game works, and what can they expect when they go when they when they show up and watch a three ice game. Sure. So we've taken the NHL's overtime format and made it our full-time format. Our commissioner, Craig Patrick, coined a great phrase. It's overtime all the time. But we've actually made a twist to it to make it even faster and more exciting. So we play two eight-minute halves of running clock in our games. We've made rule modifications to make it even faster and more exciting. For example, if the puck hits the netting out, uh, above the plexiglass on the ends and comes back in clean, we are playing the puck. We are moving forward. We are not waiting. We're not having any resets. When we get a goal scored, everyone vacates the zone. We drop the puck at the goalie's crease, and we restart. We don't go back to center ice for uh, a face-off. We just keep going. When we have an, a penalty or an infraction, we make sure that we go to a uh, penalty shot right away. We do not do four-on-three, and it's a jailbreak-style penalty shot. So the shooter takes the puck at center ice. He strides into it, and everybody's on the blue line behind him. As soon as he touches it, the chase is on. He could get caught. He could pass it. He can score. If he doesn't score, if it's a save or a miss, the puck is live, just like a soccer penalty shot. I so love that innovation, by the it's, way. It's fantastic. It is chaos. It's beautiful chaos on the ice. Uh, another thing, if you take the heat out of a hot kitchen and do intentional, intentional icing, that results in a penalty. To keep the game flow going even faster, which we think the NHL is going to adopt, the half-court rule from basketball. If you skate the puck into the offensive zone and then leave under your own volition and cross that center ice line for no reason to get – change fresh legs, whatever it is, just to kill clock, we get rid of that. That's a turnover. It's not a penalty shot, but it's a turnover, change of possession. And a lot of times you'll see guys loop around and the offense doesn't realize what they've done. The defense will jump on them, pin them against the line, create a turnover and go the other way for a breakaway. It creates a lot more speed, a lot more action. I think we're somewhere around six to seven goals per game in 16 minutes. And if you extrapolate that out across a 60-minute game, that'd be about 24, 25 goals it is just a track meet of skill, speed, and tic-tac-toe passing. So it's another long-winded answer, but that is what we are. That is what Three Ice is. No, that's great. I mean, and you've mentioned the NHL a couple of times in your comments. I mean, what is your relationship like them with, with them? I mean, are they? Uh, do you see them as collaborators or competitors or both? Or you know, I know you've got contacts there, but it, it's. I mean, this is such a an adjacent space. I mean, what's your relationship like with them? Yeah, today it's informal. We're friends. You know, I know a lot of the folks over there in their C-suite. We went and presented our business to them about three years ago, and they kind of gave us the, all right, you know, knock yourself out. Hopefully it's a success. And uh, they saw us as additive, not competitive. And then we went back about a year ago and sat down with them again and just sort of checked in. And they said, you know what? You did everything you said you were going to do three years ago. Congratulations. There's probably something that we can do to collaborate. So we've left it at that, that point. Um, but for us, we are uh, an extension of the game that we all love. If you're a if you're a team that doesn't make the playoffs, half the league, your season ends April 5th, 6th, 7th. You've got until September, so six months without any hockey. If you make the playoffs, but you get eliminated in the first two weeks, your season's over April 15th, April 20th. So you got about five and a half months. So there's a stretch there where hockey fans don't have much, and we fill that gap for those guys. The NHL loves that. Why wouldn't they? 
Um, so right now it's informal, but um, you know, we like to think that there'll be something down the road that we can do to collaborate with those guys. Um, this is our love letter to hockey, and it's just a great thing for, for fans to watch, whether you're a hockey fan or a sports fan or a betting fan. Uh, it's great. But uh, today it's an informal relationship with the NHL. Perhaps it grows into something else down the line. I, I like the love letter. That's a really, really good play. I like <laughs> Thank that. Thank you. Hey, uh, from a league perspective, how big how big would you like to see the league get, like expansion-wise? Would you eventually like to get into like 16, 18 teams? I mean, what's your, what's your plan down the road for the uh, league? Yeah, you've you read my mind. So for us, we have what we call brand extensions to three ice. So what we've got now is three ice. We'll call it three ice proper for the sake of this discussion. We'll rebrand that as three ice USA moving forward. And we'll tether our teams to cities, making this up three ice, Pittsburgh, three ice, Philly, three ice, Michigan, three ice, uh, Nashville. That's one iteration that we'll have on what we've got now then we'll have in no particular order a made for tv event like the little league world series three ice kids where we have the best kids from across canada across the united states and eventually europe boys and girls eventually in one location we like pittsburgh a lot for that but we're looking at a few markets that's another brand extension another one is an opening act we drop the puck one hour before our men drop the puck for three ice women we have a four six eight team league we rotate teams through we already have the buildings. We already have the TV, the infrastructure there. Put it on network. We simply turn the TVs on uh, one hour earlier. And now you've got uh, a three ice women's league to showcase that talent, which we think is a, a great model for that, that platform. To expand, three ice Canada is where we would go. And we have another eight teams. So we're playing on Wednesday nights in prime time now on CBS here in the States and across the world and a bunch of other networks. But um, having a separate league playing on a different night of the week. So let's say it's Tuesdays or Thursdays in Canada. And again, you have eight teams, <clears throat> tether them to the markets, Toronto, Winnipeg, you know, who knows. Then you'd have a Champions League at the end of the season for the top two teams in the Canadian division, top two teams in the American division. And they would play probably on the same weekend as Three Ice Kids. And then last but not least, we're in uh, discussions now. We're about to paper an agreement. I'm going to keep it confidential. But for Three Ice World Cup. And that would be a country versus country event oh, man, I overseas in Europe. And you'd start out with six and then eight and then 16 and then maybe women. And then maybe you have your three ice kids over there as well. And then you bring those guys together. So those are our brand extensions. That's how we quote unquote have expansion rather than getting beyond eight teams. We think that's the perfect way to grow our business and our brand and, and share more joy. I mean, really at the end of the day, we're in, we're in a nice business of sharing community, excitement, joy, camaraderie that's that's what sports is we all know what it is and, and that's the business we're in so more ways to do it in that way but that's a great question jt yeah i, I have to add to that um my wife's gonna love to hear that i mean we're okay. a hockey family she the women's sports she's traveled to oklahoma city for the softball championships she's done the olympic stuff to, to watch women's sports i mean women are athletes too and, and to know that you guys are are catering to that kind of audience too i think is only going to help build it, you and you know. Yeah, she's our audience. It's great. And the mission is to give them more opportunities to showcase their talent, to entertain more people. Um, but it's for the it's for the landscape to have more opportunities for women. They've got plenty now, but they could use some more. And we think the, the showcase of that skill set is great. Look, the USA Canada Games, every time they get together on the women's side is it's a massive, massive event. Oh, huge. They sell out. The TV ratings are excellent. So there's an appetite there. And we think our format is the the best way to go. But 
I, I love to hear that. She is our she is our target audience, but you know, she can bring husband along too. Where she brought me last year was her to got me there. That's how much yeah. of a hockey fan she is. So I was going to ask you, and I think it's a moot point now. I was going to ask you, you know, were you seeing the growth that you've expected? But really, I, I think my question's muted. Like I've got a mutated question here. It's like from the fan perspective, what has the fan experience? What have the fans said about what you guys are doing? I mean, obviously, you know, you've you've found success, but what are you hearing? from sort of a fan appreciation perspective. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of chatter that you can get uh, across social, but you know, that that's one metric. To me, you know, I kind of walk the crowds, I walk the concourse, I interact with fans when I'm at the games and blown away, impressed and blown away. Holy cow, I had no idea. We were in Hershey and people were coming up to me because they kind of knew who I was because I say some things at the game on the Jumbotron and they eventually identified me in the crowd. And they were saying, you got to come back next year. This was incredible. We had no idea what to expect. Basically, what you just said, this is fantastic. You literally see draws drop. Like, you watch our broadcast. I you know, I go through them meticulously for a whole host of reasons. And you'll see people that get caught on camera like, <laughs> you know, in slow motion. It's like, okay. You know, people that you didn't necessarily think were going to be hockey fans. They clearly were probably dragged there by somebody <laughs> else and they're on their feet and they're, they're into it. So the feedback is, wow, we really had no idea what this was coming into it. It's incredible. You've got to come back. We were in Vegas last year. We got a lot of, for lack of a better word, hate mail across social because we didn't go to Vegas this year. And the only reason oh. we didn't do it, they, the silver Knights left the building that we were in and they're a little bit further out of town. So we're, we're considering maybe going to the new AHL building in Vegas in the future. Um, but we got a little bit of hate mail uh, for it. So, um, you <laughs> Especially know, after it, last night too. I mean, sure. The, sure. the new hockey capital of the West, right? <laughs> it's, that building was electric. I mean, the whole crowd was singing, you know, sleeping with my clothes on. <laughs> like like six bars. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Vegas, it's it's a wonderful thing to see. Um, hockey has an unbelievable passion. The fan base has an unbelievable passion for it. My wife's British. I can relate to it. The, the footy fans over in the UK have a deep, deep passion for it. Hockey is right there, if not more so. And so it's great to see. So the, the fan feedback has been, this is incredible. I had no idea what to expect. Keep going. We're rooting for you. Please come back next year. And they buy things like hats and T-shirts because they want to rep us. They, they're proud of what this is. They want to succeed so they know they can vote. Right In America, you vote with your feet and you vote with your dollars. And mm -hmm. so they go both. They're showing up and they're buying things to help us continue. So, you know, buying tickets, buying hats, buying merch to support us and following us on social um, because they want us to be successful because it is a great experience for them. So there's a, there's a nice mutual exchange of benefits. So that's the, that's the fan interaction and reaction that we've been getting. Great. Hey, you, you sort of answered this before um, and to a point with the world cup uh, going, going around the uh, different <clears throat> countries, but have you thought about starting a league in like Europe, like an actual, like maybe have eight teams going out battling in, in, uh, the states then have like eight in Europe, maybe like eight in Canada, like having it like having have like three separate leagues like that and then having a big um playoff at the end of the year. We have. So the starting the jumping off point for us is the three ice world cup in Europe. Um you could see a few different versions of that. Is it a completely replicated league in Europe in eight different cities, just like you would have in the USA and Canada? Or 
is it a touring model where you bring the three ice all-stars and you go over there and you play the local teams. I'm making this up, the Salzburg Bulls or uh, the Belfast Giants, and they pick their best seven players, goalie and six skaters. And you play those guys in, you know, an exhibition match with three ice all-stars. Um, we don't know exactly what it's going to be yet, but we've got a few different options. But we know that Three Ice World Cup is the jumping off point to build the brand, create the awareness, and then theoretically you can go and do different executions of this. Um, yeah, it could be a lot of fun, but we'll get there in due time. But the the first iteration over there is the World Cup. And we're, we're curious ourselves to see where we end up in the uh, on that continent with uh, with Three Ice. Well, you know, I have a question and I, I already know the answer to it, unfortunately, because I just saw the news today. I got my Three Ice newsletter okay, uh, and it was attached to it, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because um, people asked it of me when I told them that you were going to be on the show. You know, a lot of folks were looking at Three Ice as XFL, USFL, and you're seeing a lot of players and coaches, you know, perform well. Um, most famous among them is obviously Kurt Warner for football, but you know, just recently the Steelers signed Hakeem Butler um, for you know his performance in in the summer league. Very similar to what you guys are doing. Are you do you feel that Three Ice is a gateway for some of your players to either find their way to the, to the league or return to the league? And or I know the John Leclaire news sounds to me like you're get, your coaches are getting plucked too. But you know what, what's your opinion on that? Do you, do you do you like being you know in a position where you, you may lose coaches, you may lose players, or or is that a good thing? It's a very good thing. So the short answer is yes, we do see that for ourselves. Um, and you know if your fans aren't familiar, John Leclaire is going to be joining the coaching staff for the Philadelphia Flyers. We like to think we've played some small part in that. Obviously, John has earned that. He has got a hockey mind and a pedigree uh, that has earned that right. Um, but one of our own, going back to the NHL, is exactly what we envisioned here. You know, um, Grant Fuhrer wanted to get into three ice because, A, he loved it, and, B, he wants to get involved. Now, he's got a job with the AHL Firebirds, who are in the, uh, the Calder Cup right now. Can I interrupt you for one second? Yeah. What in God's name is a goaltender? Why would any goaltender want to play in a league that's all three on three? I mean, yeah. that's going to be so antithetical. Like, I don't know how they would. I mean, it is with. It, does he really want that? I mean, it's just he loves crazy it. to think about that. Yeah, he they're putting, putting him in the ice for that. <laughs> he, he gets that question all the time. He says, oh, I, love, "I love offensive hockey." You know, he's the guy that said, "Listen." You know, I'm going to give up four goals, but I'll save that fifth one. He loves the back and forth action. He enjoyed <laughs> it. He loved getting 45 shots a night. I mean, he was. So when I was growing up, I was a goalie guy. My dad was a goalie. I like Greg Millen, Mike Liute, uh, Marcel Dion, Michelle Dion, excuse me, Grant Fuhrer. There's a few other guys that I followed. And I used to draw pictures of Grant Fuhrer and put them on my wall. And he loves the action. So my dad's coaching in this league this year. He's also a goaltender. But it's it's a... They're the only guys that are facing the ice the right way the entire time, right? It's like a catcher in baseball. And so they get to see all the play. So he's actually got a really interesting analytical approach to it because he's he's grown up, in quotes, watching the game from that perspective. Goalies do make good coaches for that reason. But he just loves offense. He loves the the speed and the back and forth. Um, so he's having a great time with it. He, you know, he had a tough year last year. His team was a lot of veterans, but a little bit older. We had a bunch of NHLers, Jeff Tafe, Ryan Malone on his league, on his team, but they've, they had a hard time sort of keeping up with the young guns because our game is fast. Our average age is 30 years old. Um, but to answer the, the first part of your question, which was help me, um, I'm off on a tangent. You were saying a gateway for your players to get yes, back. Absolutely. To the so 
we, we, we suspected it would be, and it is. So we have had guys uh, that have signed contracts in some of the top leagues over in Europe, the Finnish league. Kevin Fitzgerald played in our league, signed a contract over there. Unfortunately, got hurt early in the season, so we don't know how he's going to perform in that one. But he lit up our league. He was wearing the golden helmet, which is our leading scorer each week, wears a, the warrior golden helmet. What a great he idea. He was electric. I mean, he was doing things almost like the Barkoff move where he sort of feign going between his own legs and then the roofed it upstairs. Yeah. He was doing these little weird look back. Yeah, I so much skill. So what we are for players, I mean, the fans get to enjoy this, but what we are for players is, and I like to point to a guy like Connor Sheary. Connor Sheary came into the league for the Pittsburgh Penguins, or Buffalo, I think, first, but came onto the team of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they asked him to check at 5'7 145 to 155 pounds. As a checker in this league, he's never going to make it. He is going to get churned through for a cheaper, younger body in a year or two. But what happened? Somebody got injured. All of a sudden, he's on Sidney Crosby's line. I think two or three guys got injured. He's on Sidney Crosby's line. He scores 15 goals in a single season. He has, I think, another 15 to 25 assists. He is the first guy on the ice in the overtime session with him, Latang, and Crosby, and he lights it up. I think he had, out of those 14 or 15 goals, I think he had four or five in that overtime session because he's quick. He's got great hands. He's got oh, a yeah. great hockey IQ. Well, but that's, he's not, that's, that's a three on three is perfect for him. That's it. That's yeah. it. But he <laughs> didn't have the chance to showcase any of that talent because he was going to be a checker and he was going to be out of the league at 25. Who knows what his life or career would have been like? Three ice is wow. If Connor Sheary, let's go back 10 years, if Connor Sheary comes into our league and lights it up, somebody's going to say, you know what? Let's invite that guy to camp. Let's see what happens. And some of those guys are going to stick. Or the leading scorer in our league someday is going to be 25, 26 years old. Let's say he played one year in the A and one year in Europe and just couldn't stick for whatever reason because he's checking. And he comes into three ice, scores 25 goals in 15 games. And all of a sudden, somebody's going to say, we got to get that guy in camp. Or his agent's going to say, hey, listen, here's the highlights from three ice. Look at my boy. And so we absolutely know someone's going to get back into the bigs. But they're going over to Europe now. These guys are signing contracts in the big European leagues today because of what they've done in three ice. So uh, we think that's a great thing. Nothing would make me happier if five, six, seven stars from my league left and went into the NHL because guess what? Now I have a high class problem. Everybody's going to be calling us. Um, and someday I'd like to think we could get the Patrick Canes of the world or the Phil Kessels of the world, these super fast dangly guys that at 35 or 36, the NHL doesn't want them back. They're not going overseas. They can stay here and play an unbelievable version of the game, showcase off their skills and talent that they still have, but not get checked punch in the face. Nobody's going to run him. It's almost like Brett Favre. Brett Favre had a cannon attached to his right body. Yeah. His legs didn't give out. He's running around there on glass knees at 37, 38, but he still had that cannon. Imagine if he didn't have to get hit. Imagine if flag football was more exciting than regular football. <laughs> Brett Favre is still playing in that league. You know, Tom Brady is still playing in the league if he doesn't have to take hits. So someday – a Phil Kessel, a Patrick Kane, an Eric Stahl. These guys will say, you know what? I don't want this six, seven, eight-month grind. I don't want to get punched in the face or hit, but I love the game. I don't want to give it up. I've made enough money. I'm going into three ice, and I'm going to light it up. We're going to get those guys someday, too. Hey, hey, you got anything else before we go into the lightning round? 
get EJ real, real fast. I, I love, I love the draft. That's why I do what I do. Um, that's why we're draft four one two. I love, I love everything about the drafts and different sports. Do you guys sit down and actually draft these players? Hundred percent. So in our first year, we had about uh, one hundred forty guys on our list. We brought about seventy five eighty to Vegas for two day training camp and, and tryouts. So we ran practices and then simulated games in two days. And then the coaches also act as GMs. Uh, and we've actually got a great little mini documentary that we shot. You see Larry Murphy just agonizing over his choices. But we sit in a room. We've got a board. Craig Patrick picked out of the hat the order, and we went through it. This year, we didn't have guys actually show up because we had so many guys that were ex-NHLs that want to get in the league. And then we had a pool of a whole bunch of guys that already played in the league. So we had a draft again. Someday, though, we'd like to have probably through your platform and through you know the, the phone is have our fans – not only pick the draft order, but then maybe theoretically pick the coaches that get assigned to the teams as well. So when we name them to the cities, you can go onto your platform or into, into ours and say, okay, we think John LeClaire should be coaching in Philly. Duh. But where does Grant <laughs> Fur coach? Does he coach in, you know, uh, the Nashville team or the, you know, maybe we've got a team in Utah making it up, you know, and having fans have that input. But it's an absolutely, it's a real draft. And they, they take weeks. We get them the pool. This year was about 125 guys and they agonized over it. And we did it. And it was, it was a conference call and it is a lot of strategy and a guy gets taken. You see guys get upset. And then, you know, a guy comes in late you know, at the 11th hour and it changes everybody's thing. Or a guy drops out the 11th hour because his wife's going to have twins this summer, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, it just made for great drama. So we absolutely have a draft and uh, looking forward to having you guys part of it in the way that you do things. Oh, JT, it looks like you're going to have to get on the road and do some scouting for the for the Three Ice magazine. <laughs> I would love it. And the Dean's, is there any trade trade movement during the year? I mean, is there a, does two of the coaches get together and say, hey, I'll give you give you so-and-so for so-and-so. Let's make a deal. Yeah. So the way we do that, it's pretty great. So we have a ninth team called the Taxi Squad. And the way that works is it's reserve players. Coaches can dip into that. For any number of reasons, uh, injury, poor play, bad attitude, um, you know, a guy's wife gets gives birth, he has to miss. So based on the order of the, the league standings in reverse order, worst goes first, you get to dip into the taxi squad first and then replace your guy for whatever reason you want. And last year we had a guy by the name of Matt Salhani who was on the taxi squad, I think for the first two weeks of the season, there was an injury. He got the um, uh, got the call, and he ended up playing for Trottier's team, and he ended up winning the championships. Uh, and so he picked up over $100,000 in the championships. So wow. we've had guys do that and be incredibly successful. So that's the way we do sort of our trades and sort of reshape your team. Are you ready to lace them up, JT? You want to go play some three ice? I got to get back in shape. I can't ice skate. I'll play deck hockey. You, <laughs> you better be in the greatest shape of your life, boys. You better no, be. no, those, those years are long gone, long yeah. gone. Well, hey, we're coming to the end of our time with you, EJ. And I know we've had fun so far, but we're going to have, a, you know, just a couple more minutes of fun with you before we let you go. We have a lightning round. And right. for those of you who don't know what that is, it just putting two minutes on the penalty box clock, right? We're going to ask five very fun questions. Um, and you're going to get five shots back on net, right? So um, if you're ready to go, we'll get on the clock. And, and are you ready to get on the clock with the eccentric minds of the team of Draft 412? Let's go. All right. 
So JT, you're answering these two, by the way. So we're all we'll all say our answer. Do I have to beat him? Is that is that? No, it? no, no. Okay. There's no question about you. Just okay. you, we'll, you you answer first. Who answer second? I'll give okay. my answer third. Got it. So uh, so from the iconic hockey movie Slapshot, hmm. who's your favorite Hanson? You know what? Not even who's your favorite Hanson brother. Who's your favorite character in the movie Slapshot? The goalie's unbelievable. The French Canadian goalie's fantastic. Um, the Hansons as a trio are unbelievable. Uh, the guy that is bleeding from his ear and yells at the ref, and he gives an expletive. You know, he's I'm trying to listen to effing song. Yeah, uh, that's that's one of the best moments of of the movie, in my opinion. The other one is when the, the organ player gets hit in the head with uh, with the puck, and uh, it's, it's unbelievable. So the How about you, JT? bleeding from the ear and chirps at the ref to, to close his mouth. <laughs> you know what? I actually just watched this about a week ago, too. It was on a, on a rerun. I, I actually like – I can't – I don't know the names, but I, know, I like the superstar, the one that uh, strips at the end. Oh, no. It's great. Oh, no, no, no. He went through a lot of stuff. He didn't want to fight. He didn't want to do all the uh, – didn't want to deal with all the uh, stuff that was going on in Johnstown. And he talked <laughs> with him and – he was the guy that was going to go to the NHL, so I thought I thought it was pretty pretty cool how they had him in there. Yeah. I like, I you know, like, that, I that's like, the movie when it's on. I have to watch it. Like I can't so. pull myself away. But my so. favorite's Ogie Oglethorpe, obviously. <laughs> I mean, you can't come up with a better hockey name than Ogie Oglethorpe. Nice. So, all right, second question: um, best hockey movie of all time, EJ? Oh, Slapshot. I mean, that's that's a no brainer. Um, give me a break. I mean, Young Blood is great, but it's got some camp in it. And we like the camp, um, yeah. you know, Mystery Alaska. I'm embarrassed to say I've only bits, bits and pieces of it. Oh. And then, of course, if you're of a certain age, I think you like the you know, the Mighty Ducks. But I'm not a Mighty Ducks guy. For me, it is slap shot all day long with a, with a distant second on Youngblood. JT, what's yours? I actually like Mystery Alaska. I wouldn't say it's the best, but I um I, I like Mystery Alaska. My wife and I, that's one of the first movies we watched together as a, as a married yeah. couple. Sentimental value. Yeah, I, I'll have to say, and I, I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, I cried at Mystery Alaska. I loved that movie. That is my favorite. Now, I will say, with the right kind of beer in my hand, if you guys would count it, Strange Brew. Oh. With, with Mackenzie Brothers. Now, I don't know if that qualifies, because that's not really a hockey movie, but there's hockey in it. It so. does not qualify, but I appreciate you trying to shoehorn it in. I'm trying. It's a square peg round hole. I mean, it's, it's so great. That scene and that that trope in the movie oh, is, is fantastic. So, so great. Just so, so great. great. Goon with Stifler, too. You know, got to play Stifler. He plays Goon. The Goon, he just gets <laughs> down game. But... <laughs> I love All the right. first half hour of Goon after that. <laughs> yeah, gets yeah. yeah. All right, EJ, your favorite hockey moment of all time? Ooh, um, there's a lot of them. Um, in no particular order. My father coaching the 1995 All-Star Game in Boston draws up the play oh. where Ray Bork scores the game-winning goal and gets the MVP. Um, and my dad does not exaggerate. He's not given a hyperbole at all. And he's like, I drew up that play specifically. He told me afterwards. I drew up that play specifically for Ray. Scoring that goal by Ray Bork in that building to win it and then him getting the the mvp back when players cared about the all-star game oh yeah we're going back a long time now guys we're going back almost 30 years yeah. uh, that's a pretty great moment um watching my dad lift the cup in his later years in detroit my brother yeah. standing next to him my mother's right behind him seeing that on tv uh, i got a little choked up 
Um, I'll, I'll leave it there as sort of the two sort of moments that really stick out in my mind. But those are great memories. How about you, JT? What's your favorite hockey moment? My, my two are um, – mom was, was a young kid. I mean, I think I was like – I wasn't about 14, 15. But Lemieux, uh, Lemieux used to go against the uh, Minnesota North Stars. Mm. I just always go back to that moment. I was um, there. Just, uh, just watching it on TV and just the feeling I had when he scored that. I could not believe it went in. And the other one that always sticks with me is the game Crosby's rookie year when um, the Flyers knocked his front two teeth out <laughs> and scored the tying goal. They went in overtime and he won it. Just, just that was to me that was his moment in Pittsburgh where it's like, all right, this kid's for real. I mean, he's yeah, that's a, that's a standard hockey player response mm -hmm. to getting your teeth knocked out. <laughs> so, well, look, since you guys had two, I'm going to throw out two. My all first right. is that 1980 dream team for USA hockey. Sure. You know, I. I was eight years old when that happened. We didn't have just a snow day. We had a snow month here. Like we were out for like almost all of February. It was like another ice age. And it's, I fell in love with hockey at, with that. That was, if, if you were ever going to be ingrained or, in, you know, in, in any way, shape or form, it was that. And I just fell in love with that. Great one. Uh, you know, and the, the, <laughs> the other one was Mario's five goals, five different ways. I was actually at that game. It was on a new year's Eve. I still had the ticket stub. Um, and as like a 13 year old kid, I was, I was off, you know, and, and we didn't know that it was the first time that it ever happened until we got in the car and heard Mike Lang tell us that in the, in the post game. So, you know, th those are my two. So and speaking wow. of the dream team, EJ, if you could put together a three ice dream team made up of any players in hockey mm. history, mm. who are your starters? That, that's a great one. And I've thought about this. Actually. Oh, no. I, I've thought about this. So <laughs> you probably have Grant Fuhrer's goaltender. Okay. Um, Bobby Orr is absolutely in there. Mario Lemieux, Yammer Yager. Um, you've probably got Bure in there maybe solani i'm going for speed i'm looking for speed um well, you maybe, have maybe, so you got paul coffee and bobby Orr on defense okay. you've got grant fear and then your forwards i got five guys yager mario solani bure mcdavid oh yeah mcdavid <clears throat> how about you jt you know what? He pretty much named the guys I was gonna name. New <laughs> Yager, Paul Coffey came to mind. I was I was thinking Burray the whole time. I just wrote up on um on Oliver Moore coming out this year in the draft. He and I watched film one, and he he reminded me of Burray. I never seen a kid that just explodes into the oh, corner. And um, I like you said right there. I mean, I, I love Grant Fuhr. I mean, that would that'd probably be the goal we got to go after too. I mean, um, I was a big flurry guy, even though uh. When I started writing, it was towards the end of Flurry's career. I got a little bit of backlash because I, I was a Murray guy. I thought that, you know, salary cap wise, they had to get Murray, but didn't work out my way. So, yep. Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, like, look, I knew we were all going to name some of the same guys, but, you know, neither of you have mentioned Wayne Gretzky. You know, I, I, I don't know how that. I mean, so if you have a chance and I know this is a bit of a cheat. Can you put Lemieux on a on a wing with Gretzky up the middle? I mean, and coffee. I'm, I'm an or guy. I mean, I, I really think, you know. Look, I wasn't around when he was, you know, scoring and 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 the 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 big picture with him with his hands up, you know, winning the cup. Uh, you know, I, you know, so I've always been a Paul Coffey guy. I played defense, and so I've always emulated Coffey's style of defense. So I think those two would be my defenders, and I like Patrick Wall. You know, I think that. No, I'd also throw onto that list if you guys will let me cheat. I liked Alexander Mogilny. 
he and LaFontaine back in the day. Great you know, just, but all right. So final question before we let you go, EJ, your favorite hockey nickname of all time. Ooh, um, there's two of them. Um, probably the greatest nickname I think in any sport is Mr. Zero, Frankie Brimshack, goaltender <laughs> in the NHL. I mean, to walk around as Mr. Zero, you sound like a Bond villain or an assassin <laughs> or something like that. Um, that's one. And then, oh, there was another one I had, um, a great hockey name. Zarly Zalapski is a great hockey name. Um, but I think Mr. Zero might be my favorite. Like, I, I just, it, it like, my dad told me that that guy's name was Mr. Zero because he played against him. And I was like, that is Trump card. <laughs> Get your witness. Yep. Go ahead, JT. Um, I might go with I might go with it's, it's two two simple ones that are from the hometown team, but I love Gino. Just the name Gino when you look at Evgeny Malkin, he just looks like a Gino. Once you, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a Russian, but hey, what's a Gino look like? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they, they started they started calling him that right away. I thought that was great, and and I like I like um I like Johnny Hockey, Johnny Goudreau. I think that's a great name for when he great. came. He just um. Yeah. He took it. He took it and ran with it right away, and it's it fits him well. Well, I, I have to say, mine, and this goes back a little bit, is the Grim Reaper for Stu Grimson. You know, <laughs> you just couldn't. I mean, that guy. When you hear the Stu Grimson, you just hear that name. You're already like shaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of guys, you turn their lights off, and with one oh. straight right, a lot of time. There's some oh. highlights on those, like oof. Yeah, so it's a great one. Well, it's a great one. Well, EJ, tell everybody, um, you know, look, we're coming to the end of our time here. Could you tell everyone about the upcoming game we have in Pittsburgh here and how they can get tickets to it? Yeah, absolutely. So we're playing on June 28th here in Pittsburgh at the RMU Island Sports Center, Clearview Arena. So the D1 hockey programs, as we all know here in Pittsburgh, unfortunately had a setback, but we're trying to be a good hockey neighbor. A portion of our proceeds are going to donate – uh, be donated to their program from the men's and women's D1 programs. So we're playing on June 28th, which is a Wednesday. You can get tickets on threeice.com and support their cause. Come out to see an unbelievable night of hockey. And uh, next year we'll probably go back to PPG Paints Arena. But this year we want to make sure we're being a good hockey neighbor and supporting the community. We think D1 hockey is important to have in Pittsburgh. We think RMU deserves it. We're playing our part. And uh, come out and support both them and us and get a great evening, guys. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. So 3ice.com is where you can pick up tickets for, uh, yeah, for that. And, and for those subscribers to Draft 412, we do have a promo code on our website. If you if you, you buy tickets, you use Draft 412, and that'll get you some discounts. Please go see the game. I didn't know what it was. I walked in the doors, and I will always go when it's in town. So, uh, and like you said, EJ, it's a great cause to support RMU D1 hockey. Uh, so thanks again. And remember, folks, Draft 412 will be at Caliente's Pizza and Craft House in Mount Lebanon uh, next Thursday. Uh, come out and, and see EJ. He'll be there. He'll be speaking uh, and have some uh, three ice trivia. Some of the answers you to the questions that he, he will ask you, uh, you will uh, you might have gotten if you watch the show. So take some notes. Uh, and EJ, we're looking forward to seeing you next week. And thanks again for being on the show. Uh, and we're going to let you off the clock. Terrific. It was a real treat, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Pleasure, sir. Pleasure Thank you. you.